0: Jcastnetwork.org.
1: Shalom. I'm Michael Bernstein. I'm the rabbi of Congregation Gesher LaTorah and Alpharetta. And once more I'd like to welcome you to Daily Daf Differently. Today we are looking at Pesachim Pei Hey Amud Aleph 85A of Mesechet Pesachim. And as the conversation has been going, we've been talking about, in particular, the rule about breaking a bone in eating of the paschal sacrifice, and the conversation moves uh, through to the discussion of the different measurements and situations in which uh, a bone may be broken or not be broken, depending on looking at the situation of the marrow. But we get onto a digression about two other factors that come into play in the sacrifices that are offered for well-being, zevach shlamim pigul and notar. They're related. A notar is the meat that's left over after the three days that are allotted, or the first two days that are allotted for eating the meat of the sacrifice. Any meat left over on the third day, the Torah states that one who eats from that will be uh, subject to karet, cut off from their people. Pigul is a sacrifice in which the Kohain himself offers it with an improper intention, in some way intending it to be offered in the wrong way, perhaps to be eaten at the wrong time uh, from the wrong parts of the animal. And that is called pigul because the verse says, also talking about food left over to the third day, that it becomes pigul, uh, which can be either translated as uh, abominable uh, as well as uh, in this case, that it's become spoiled, uh, no longer fit. What's interesting here is that there are two different reasons that are given by Rav Huna and Rav Hista about the possibility of why this meat um, has been declared by the rabbis. Not only that it will be something that render that uh, the person who eats it is subject to karet, but that it will also render the kohen tameh impure. And so it says mar matne apigul, one of them taught this about pigul, uh, vumar dematne apigul mishum chashtei kahuna So there are two different possibilities. One says that um, this is because of chashtei kahuna Uh, that one of the answers given is that we suspect the priest. And that's the one that I wanted to focus on. What are we suspecting the Kohen of? We suspect that the Kohen is only penalized by law as as it stands before this decree if he intentionally gives the wrong intention for the sacrifice then the person on whose behalf he is giving the sacrifice can demand restitution. This meat no longer has any value. It was meant as a sacrifice, and now it's pigul. The whole sacrifice can no longer be eaten. The meat that would have been appropriate can no longer be eaten. However, if the priest is unintentional in his wrong intention, somehow does not intend in the proper way, and it is deemed to be uh, not malicious, then there is no restitution. And this opens up a window for a malicious priest, a corrupt priest, to purposefully invalidate a sacrifice, but then lie about it and say it was unintentional. So the situation is that this priest, this religious functionary, whose job it is to do things the right way, might have a vendetta against a certain person who comes to him to do the, the sacrifice, and he calls it pigul, and says after the fact, oh, accidentally, I was intending this uh, in the wrong way, and therefore it has been rendered pigul. And you lose out, and there's nothing you can do. So what do the rabbis do? As happens in other situations, the rabbis use their power to declare an order of tameh, a, a second-level order of tamei making the hands unclean, mitami et And by doing so, they give the priest something to think about. Now, if it's pigul, even if it was considered unintentional, now your hands are unclean, and you have to immerse them and re-cleanse them. And this is the answer. This is the answer that's given by the one who says that the purpose of this particular decree, that a kazayat of pigul, an olive bulk's Length, uh, uh, weight of pigul is enough to make the hands of the priest unclean. There's an obvious question, and the Tosophotes ask it, but then answer it. If you're dealing with someone who's so malicious that he's going to ignore the rules and actually render something pigul purposefully, and then go out of his way to turn around and say, ah, wait a minute, this is now Um, you know, an unintentional pikul and I owe you nothing and, and, and you're out of luck, why would such a person have any qualms about ignoring the rules of purity? And the answer that's given is the reason that I wanted to mention this particular piece, both because of its implications for the holiday that our Masechet deals with, Pesach, and its implications for the holiday that many... Uh, when, if you listen to this, we'll be approaching, in, at least in this daf cycle, the Yamim Noraim, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. The answer is simply this. The priests, even the wicked ones, even the Rosh are more concerned about Tamei and Tahor as a category than they are about other categories of corrupt dealing. After all, all they're doing is cheating someone out of their money. They're ruining the sacrifice by making it pigul, But they're not eating it. They're just simply getting out of having to give someone restitution for it and thereby causing their enemy, in this hypothetical case, damage. But if the hands were unclean, that they would respect because they would realize that, oh my goodness, I have to be tahor to finish this. And we find in other places, shockingly, that the rabbis even say that these kind of malicious priests or these priests that were corrupt... That didn't take their office to the nth degree about what the purpose of being a priest is, would be more considered a, uh, more considerate about tamei and Tahur than even shfrichud damim, even the the spilling of blood. And uh, this, I think, reminds us of the great theme, especially of uh, of Isaiah, that we read on Yom Kippur, this fast of Yom Kippur, and also again on Pesach itself all of these uh, different laws and rituals, these are not the essence of our service. These are to make other things come about. In the case of Pesach, obviously, a sense of what it means to be redeemed from Egypt, appreciation, gratitude, a sense of what God did for us and what that means for our uh, mission in the world. And, of course, on Yom Kippur, a sense of fasting not to refrain from food, not to offer sacrifices, um, but um, to cleanse our heart and to do justice. I hope
0: you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.